This episode is brought to you by Redash.io. I just found this on Twitter. Byron says, been playing with Redash. It's open source and it easily turns SQL, MongoDB, ElasticDB queries into embeddable charts. That's kind of what it, Redash is all about. Don't let your data just sit there. Create visualizations, charts, and dashboards with Redash. Anyone who mentions they came through this podcast gets 50% off for the first three months. Try it now. Redash.io. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind-the-scenes story of building a web app in 2019. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I do product and marketing. Follow along as we build Transistor.fm. I'm, I'm really having to dial up my energy here. <laughs> well, yeah. This is a terrible thing. Jumping to, jacks. Yeah, this is a terrible thing to say right at the beginning of a show. But I, I just, I woke up at five this morning. You know, it, it gets so bright so early. Yeah. And I don't have blackout blinds. I should get some. Yeah, they're they're good. They're like expensive and like heavy. Yeah. They're just like so thick. Yeah. They're good. Yeah, I kind of figured that out. I I cuz I'm waking up really early and then I just feel ruined. I my natural time, I think I'm best when I wake up at like 8 o'clock, you know. That's like a yeah. good time. With the kids, you have to wake up at 7, but 5, that's just ridiculous. I don't mind waking up early. I mean, if I go to bed early, but like I don't, I don't mind waking up with the sun. I think it's kind of nice, but yeah. But the sun must be up at like four a.m. or something. Uh, at least, <laughs> at least out here, it feels like it's it's it's. So, for, yeah, I'm trying to think for you because you're on like the eastern edge of a time zone. Four fifty three a.m. is when <sighs> sunrise is. So oh, yeah, it's there's a lot of daylight starting in the morning. If you love to wake up at 5 a.m., you should come here because it's like you're in it right away. I do like that feeling, though, when you've had a good night's sleep, like you go to bed early and then you wake up at like 4 or 5 and it's still dark out. Yeah. And you're like out, like you can go for a walk and everyone's still sleeping. And yeah, you feel like you get a head start on everything. Oh, I just love that. Yeah. And then you're just looking at those suckers that started their work yeah. day at 9. I had a, like a week of that once when I tr- I was in Great Britain for like 10 days with a friend mm-hmm. and had some jet lag coming home. So I'd wake up super early. I'd go to bed at like nine o'clock, but wake up at like five. Yes. In the summer. And it was great because it was light out. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and I, I, there's no way to keep it up. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, some people do. I know, I know people that wake up at five and that's like their, yeah. that's their day. I'm like, yeah. oh, I could not do that. Uh, talking about work days, how, how's it been? You, you've, Good. you've been yeah. officially kind of gone for oh, yeah. a little while now. A little while. Uh, it's been interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, obviously last episode we talked about leaving, mm-hmm. um, had a lot of good, like positive feedback from people, which was kind of amazing they're really like encouraging tons of feedback actually tons of people yeah 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 it's good to hear i mean you know it's it's kind of always a gamble but a lot of people are like oh man it's great you know congratulations i know i'm or like i'm thinking of doing the same thing or i just did or like mm-hmm. you know a lot of things like that but um yeah and i think people especially because we were trying to emotionally process what it's like to leave a job. Yeah. And the I think one thing that resonated with folks is when we were saying, you know, contentment is good, but there there comes a time where you're just not, not exactly just growing, but you're just not getting out of your current situation what you'd like. It's no longer satisfying. Mm-hmm. And the, that's a great time to go. Could be nothing wrong with you know where you were. It could, it, but having that ability to say your contentment has an expiration date. And right. if you're you know if you're just in a place where you're not doing your best work, well, maybe it's time to move on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we were processing that, and I think now we're going to try to process what it's like to work independently. Mm-hmm. 
on your own. Yeah, maybe describe for folks what what was it like working at the Cards Against Humanity office? Some people probably picture like clowns on unicycles and right. uh, people are like doing keg stands and just like writing <laughs> funny stuff. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it really it actually really evolved over the years. So they they had opened an office four years ago, I think. Yeah, and it really started out. The company was a lot smaller then. There was no there was no black box. It was just Cards Against Humanity. And they opened the office as kind of like this co-working space slash office space for cards, mm-hmm. but where half of the space would essentially be rented out to kind of like friends of the family almost, like friends of the company yeah, who would sort of rent desks at a pretty reasonable rate that would include all sorts of stuff like, you know, food and like some snacks and coffee and drinks and like, a nice desk and super fast internet. And that was great. I mean, it was like a really, the first year I think was a really entertaining, like interesting time because there was so many other types of people there doing different stuff. Yeah. So in that, in that sense, it like, it didn't really feel like I was working for a company rather, but like in a co-working space. Yeah. So there was like a lot of other stuff going on. What, what, what about that? Did you like, I just liked the, it was easier to break up your day and sort of like talk to different people about different stuff, like really sort of, I don't know if cross pollination is the right word, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, there were people doing like making video games and people making music and people doing just graphic design and photography. And it was just like, you could just talk about different stuff during lunch or take a break and like, you know, help some, help someone out with something that, isn't even for cards against humanity yeah so in that sense it was it was pretty cool and and there's almost two elements to that there's this there's this part of like we just want to enjoy our life Mm -hmm. and we want to spend our time being around interesting people who are doing interesting things and with almost no like on this side of the coin there's almost no professional aspirations at all it's just fun and uh, enjoyable to be around interesting people who are doing interesting work. Yeah. And so for the first year, that was great. And I think what happened was that a lot of people were sort of like staying at the office. There was a lot of stuff happening even after hours, like events and like, because mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a small theater at the office space. that's really nice. Yeah. So they would do these events and like have people come in or do like, it's like comedy comedy events or like political events or stuff like that. And I think people ended up getting burnt out on just like being there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so like it really changed after the first year and a lot of the, and cards grew and black box grew. And then some of the people who were just co-working sort of like moved on and left and either got their own space or got different jobs and moved on. So it like, I don't know, it slowly like sort of morphed into something else, mm-hmm. which wasn't necessarily bad. It was just different. So that was like definitely a change to get used to. But actually working for cards, I mean, it was, you know, it was it was pretty relaxed. It, it, as far as like jobs go and places to work, like really kind of an amazing place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, no one is on your, like on you to like show up at nine o'clock exactly and stay till five or six. It's like... We didn't necessarily ever work terrible hours. Yeah. Um, nobody was like pushing us to, you know, work 12 hour days or anything like that. So, yeah. On, on the flip side, do you have, do you have an idea of in which space you do your best work or in what kind of, what's the setup you think you need to do your best work? Um, that's a good question. So, the office is an open, it's very open, mm-hmm. which, you know, is like the, I don't know if it's trendy. I mean, it's probably past that point now. It's cheaper. Yeah. But it honestly sucks. Yeah. Like, open offices are terrible. Yeah. They're really bad for, I think, concentration and productivity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably hard to find an office with a door anywhere, really. Yeah. But 
thinking back even before I started at Cards, it was actually the summer I was working on the Cards store website as a contractor. I was I was uh, at a shared workspace or like sharing an office space with a couple friends who were also independent mm-hmm. or working on their own stuff. Um, and I that was probably like the best five or six months I've had as far as work goes. Okay. Why is it that? Was a, it was, well, it was just like a really nice quiet space. Um, I mean, it was, it was still open in the sense that it was one big room, but everyone had their own desk. Yeah. And everyone was largely like put on their headphones and did their work. We'd take breaks to like walk to get food, mm-hmm. get some lunch. You know, there was like a ping pong table in the office and no one really used. It was this video game company. Okay. In Chicago. And they were, so my friends were, subleasing from this company so i was essentially subleasing on a sublease and like paying my friends money and yeah it was just like really easy to concentrate i think there were largely not many distractions yeah um you know it wasn't like an office with a door this small room that i could close and like really concentrate but it was still i don't know isolated enough to where i could just put headphones on and be like the headphones mean don't talk to me for two hours yeah yeah but you enjoyed like having some human presence around you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's ultimately what I want to get back to is something like that. And I don't, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. But I've, I've been talking to a couple of people, um, either about finding a small office space for like three or four of us, mm-hmm. or f- trying to find a co working space that like is like a little bit more of a, I don't know, collaborative like community environment as opposed to like sort of these white label we work style monstrosities that are popping up. We're like, I don't think anyone really is collaborating at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I've never actually been to one of those, but, uh, you definitely know when you go into a co-working space where it feels small and kind of homegrown and the, you know, people have kind of been added organically. Uh, yeah. There's a good vibe to those places. And honestly, like this, so here in Vernon, I I started out renting my own little office that was just, you know, a 200 square foot space with a door and a window. Mm-hmm. And... There was a lot of about that that I liked. Uh, it was nice to have my own kind of private space. But I did miss having human beings around. Yeah. And so then we switched. I, I started a, a little co-working place here with four, sorry, three other guys. And initially it was like, okay, it's, we're just going to split the rent between the four of us. And... That's worked out really well. And and since then, we've added, I think we have, I don't know, probably 10 full-time people now and then maybe another five part-time people. And it's great. Like, it's a, it's a really nice space. You know, today, there's only two other people here. And it's just enough kind of human beings around you. It gives you some, someone to say hi to in the morning. Hey, you know, how's it going? And similarly, you know, headphones on means you're kind of, working or whatever i do miss i think the 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 perfect space for me would be a mix between the two so a commons where you could see other people and even you know there's certain tasks where it's fun to be around other people like if i'm doing support customer support i don't mind doing that around other folks um because the energy around you kind of is motivating but i wish I had my own studio space where it's just a private room I go into (laughs) and create, you know? Right. And I really love this idea of like the writing shed, you know, like Ernest Hemingway had a writing shed that was just in his backyard. No, if I would say if if I had a, a backyard, I would probably do that. That actually sounds, I know a lot of, well, I don't know people, but I know of people. Mm hmm you know, in the industry or through podcasts or whatever that have that set up. Yeah. 
It sounds it sounds pretty cool. And I think it's nice to have both, you know, a, a private kind of studio space where you can go in and, you know, for me, it would be a space where I always have microphones and cameras all hooked up, lighting kind of ready to go, uh, sound, my sound stuff and, and, um, and also maybe a space for me to do writing that's quiet, but I'm the, on the other hand, I still want that other kind of like, you know, I'm working on something and, um, it, you know, there's been tons of times here where, uh, people have been able to just come over to my desk and help me with something. Right. And so, yeah, I think a mix between the two is kind of the ultimate and we're in this new weird phase of, uh, of, you know, of work, I think, but even you and I are like working on this company. Part of the reason we're doing this is because we want to figure out, like, we just want a good life. And so, yeah, figuring out like how to, how to work and what environment we work best in and how much to work. Right. Yeah. That's going to be, it'll be, it's going to be tricky. I, I do know this already. Uh, Working at home is not going to (laughs) work. Like I don't, I don't, I can't really, pinpoint it what it is i mean there's you just end up being in the same place all day it's mm-hmm. not it's not good yeah um coffee shops are okay but like i i worked in coffee shops so much in my 20s that like i just can't yeah i don't know if they have changed or I, if i've changed but like i it just i can't focus in those anymore yeah really and i just feel bad like sitting at a table for like hours at a time yeah yeah there's something about having and really thinking through what is my optimal work environment. And I think one of the best things I did was rent an office outside of my house. Mm-hmm. And that act of jumping on my bicycle, riding down to the office. And th- there's this article I'll link to. It's called How Creating Contextual Zones Can Turn You Into a Productivity Powerhouse. But the whole idea, it's this, this fellow Kunal Shandia, and he says, I, I noticed when I entered the library, I was already thinking about reading and writing. And the idea is that when we, when we go to certain places, our brain says, oh, I know what this place is for. You go to the kitchen, right. your brain goes, this place is for eating. When you yeah. go to your, your bedroom... Your brain goes, this place is for sleeping. The problem happens is if you start doing work in your bedroom, then your brain doesn't yep. know what the heck to do, right? Right. And, and that's where people get insomnia because they'll lay down in that's bed. That's why, I, yeah, exactly. That's why I never want a TV in my room, my bedroom. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I, I've actually been tempted. I don't know. I must be getting older because I was, I was always like, no TV in the bedroom. And lately I've been like laying in bed. I'm like, man, I just wish I had a TV right here. (laughs) (laughs) You open one in your hand. I know that's the, that's the other problem. (laughs) But there's something about contextual zones that I think is really resonates with me. And so when I, you know, when I get to my office, I know, okay, this is where I get work done. You know, the coffee shop for me is like, this is the place where I do my socializing. This is where I, you know, maybe have interesting conversation. Right. Uh, the park and the places I go for walks around here are, you know, these are the places I do my thinking and dreaming. Mm-hmm. And so just thinking about those zones has been really helpful for me. Uh, and I think helpful for my brain <laughs> to not be always kind of pulled from one place to the other of like, okay, Justin, are you home right now? Are you like home with family and relaxing or are you working? Even now, I, I probably do a little too much work at home because I can tell when I, I, I get home, sometimes my brain is still like, well, no, you're you're still in work mode, Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, even if, even with a full-time job at an office, like I still have a hard enough time, um, shutting off and Mm -hmm. not working at home. Yeah. So like for me to work at home during the day and not go anywhere. And then like, when do I, when do I, when is like not work time? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. And I, I, you know, I knew that I've been through phases like this before. I, I, I know that about myself mm-hmm. already, which is good. It's not like I have to learn that. It's just 
finding i think the right space yeah uh with with the right people is you know something i kind of want to think on and like really make the right decision about the other thing the other thing too is like like i don't have much of a commute really so i think part of i mean you know i i would never want to like drive for an hour to work every day mm-hmm. or drive home you know like the the whole like drive to work for an hour drive back from work for an hour every day like that sounds not not great but yeah. like i think there's something to be said for like you know in chicago anyway like getting on a train or getting on a bus or you know riding your bike but like the act of like traveling somewhere and sort of just feeling like you're part of something like part you're around people who are also yeah so you might see some of the same people every day but like you just see other people doing i don't know other stuff you're just like it's a it's a time to like think and like yeah let your mind just kind of like wander because you don't really you're not working yet you're not at home you're just like going to a place which you know a lot of people just look at their phone yeah i don't generally do that i don't think when i'm on a train i sort of just like look around that's a good point like those transition times uh i've never even thought about time yeah yeah there's something about that that going from one place to the other and your brain is just kind of like getting ready or your brain is winding down i do think there's something about that too and you lose that when you're at home because you just get up and like you go from your sad bowl of cereal to your sad laptop. <laughs> yeah, in in your you're still in your boxers or something. You just like you haven't really yeah you turn turned on work mode. You're like, well, here's a couch and a laptop. Yeah, this is all I need. <laughs> yeah, and you're just kind of yeah, you're just there in your in your your bed filth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, oh, now it's four o'clock in the afternoon. I haven't really yeah showered. yeah. The, I think there's there's a few interesting elements. There's like this like that transition time of I'm leaving my house. I'm not yet at work, but now I'm going to do some things that are kind of on the way to work. And yeah, for me, a lot of that is being on the bike. And um, I even have this weird thing I do where I I get on my bike and I just look, start like looking at my legs doing pedaling. And there's this like rotation of the pedals and it just kind of like wakes me up and it makes me feel like I'm in a rhythm and then I'm pedaling, you know, down the hill. And then the next kind of stop is always for coffee first and mm-hmm. going in for coffee and seeing people and saying hello. And, you know, all of these are kind of transition things. And then by the time I get to the office, hopefully I'm ready to kind of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do some work here. So yeah, that's interesting. Like, going for walks or jumping on a bus or I, I know some people who work from home that they would actually do that. They would like take a a short bus ride or, or do a walk around their, you know, like they would get dressed as if they were going for work and then they would leave their house out one door and then they would come back to their house through a side door. And then it was this feeling of, okay, now I'm at work. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that being effective. Yeah, I think the only other thing that's been really helpful for me, and you touched on this, is this idea of having local community and online community. Yeah. One of the nice things about moving to a new town is, so when I moved here in 2012, I was really moving here with intention, like, okay, you know, this isn't my old town where I could just kind of like be complacent. I have to move here and I have to make stuff happen. And so I was really motivated to meet people. And that's been really helpful to feel like, you know, here at the co-working place, and then I run this event called Geek Beers. And, you know, like I said, I've got tons of kind of like uh, intellectual friends that I talk to at, at the coffee shop I go to. And so I feel like I've developed this kind of group of people that are here locally, you know, half of whom are maybe in tech related things, but the other half are not. And man, that's been nice to just be able to, you know, go for lunch with people 
Yeah. And, uh, and have that connection. Cause when you're working online and especially for you and I, because we're not in the same place, uh, or if you're on a remote team, even you, you still need local connection. And, uh, yeah, I've definitely felt that missing in the past. And now that I have it here, I, I get it. It's like, oh yeah, this, this part is like, why you can't just live in the suburbs and work in the suburbs. And, you know, like you have to get out and be amongst people. And there's got to be kind of a group of people that you see with a regular cadence. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing I've largely, I think, lost touch with over the last few years, I think, is like that local community that I, that I did really, you know, make an effort to build up. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I moved to Chicago in 2008, uh, and it took a, it took a while, but like, I, I, like at some point I think I just decided to make an effort to do that. Yeah. And it took a lot of work and it like really worked out. Yeah. Um, per- personally and professionally. And, um, I think I sort of lost touch with some of that, just having a full-time job for as long as I did. Yeah. Um, and then the online community aspect, like I really, I don't necessarily have that either. Mm-hmm. So I will, you know, have to sort of <laughs> build that up too. Yeah. I, mean, I, I certainly like have had some of that in the past, but I really like my interaction on Twitter and stuff has been really minimal and like, I'm not super active in any sort of like Slack groups or online forums that I've, I'm a part of. So yeah, uh, that, that'll be a, that'll be a. I think a challenge for me. Yeah. I mean, I think the local piece is the most important part. Yeah. Uh, And then the online piece can be helpful because then it's that same idea of you're interacting with these folks all around the world who have different skills and can, you know, um, yeah, just apart from, from your work and your team and everything else give you other perspective. I, I found that really helpful. But e- yeah. But e- I think even for travel, it's really huge too. Cause you know, you end up making these, I guess, friends, if you want to call them that, mm-hmm. that you've never met around the world and you go travel somewhere that, that where they live. And it's like, you can meet up with them and it's like, Oh yeah, we know each other. This is cool. Yeah. Yeah. And totally. then from there you end up meeting their friends, mm-hmm. their, their social group in their city. And like, yeah. You know, it just kind of, you, you then, you end up knowing so many people all over the world or the country, which, you know, I, I've, I've, I'm in that boat. Like I know a lot of people in different cities, either through other conferences or, you know, XOXO is how we met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I've stayed, you know, it's friends, like some people are, I would consider less friends as acquaintances, but like I've still stayed in touch with some of them like off and on. So you can still like meet up with them and like, have a coffee or a drink and it's like super relaxed. Yeah. And it, yeah. And, and can be helpful too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All of that is, is, uh, important. And now the nice thing is that if you're, as long as you're conscientious about it, cause you're just getting into it again, you can be, you can kind of design the life that you want because you can think about, okay, how am I going to do this? Right. Let's just break. And talk to you about ProfitWell.com. Uh, using ProfitWell's API, Manuel Frigerio, I think I'm saying that right, uh, he created a Google Sheet that automatically gives him a weekly report on his business's key KPIs. And he was able to do all of that. There's instructions online. I, I'll link to his tweet in the show notes as well. ProfitWell.com gives you all of your SaaS metrics for free. Um, and they're also releasing season two of their podcast. The first episode just dropped. You can check out that podcast at protectthehustle.com. Uh, I thought another thing that we could talk about, because it's, and it, it kind of touches on this whole thing, but we recently, uh, I said we should share our contact information so like you should share my contact information with some emergency contacts on your side. Right. And I should do the same on my side. <laughs> Can you remember why that came up? Because you were going hiking. Oh. 
<laughs> in the mountains, and you're like, see, in three days, I won't have a phone. <laughs> I think that's why that came yeah, up. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and I again, this interesting thing that only internet businesses have to think about. By the way, I think what we are doing is super interesting and beautiful. And there's something about two people in two different countries who are building a business together um, that's really cool and doing it remotely. And there's all sorts of benefits, I, I think, that we get from that. But one of the weird things is, like, let's say it's 100 years ago and you and I decide to start a bakery together, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you'd probably be in the back baking bread. I'd probably be in the front hustling bread. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, if something happened, let's say that you were in the back and you, you chopped off one of your fingers. Yeah. Well, it's very likely I would know some people that should know, right? So like maybe I, I'd met your parents or something and I'd be like, oh, I better give John's parents a call because he just chopped off his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, or in a similar vein, like if I was, you know, out, um, I'm trying to think of what I'd be doing a hundred years ago. Riding <laughs> your, your, uh, your old school bicycle with the huge wheel to work. Yeah. Yeah. And you got hit by a, <laughs> A horse, yeah, I don't know. yeah, horse and buggy, <laughs> and uh, my my spouse might have to run to the bakery and say, "Hey, John, uh, Justin just got hit by a horse and buggy. Uh, he won't be at work today." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, but because we're building this internet business, our circles like there's very there's very little overlap, and. Uh, I think it just means we have to be kind of more thoughtful and mindful. And actually, I haven't heard of anyone else doing this. I'm sure other co-founders have done this. I should ask. But yeah, we just basically, I just took your contact information and I wrote three e emails to, you know, uh, people in my family and just said, hey, I'm partnered with John uh, in this company called Transistor Inc., uh, here's where it's located. Uh, you know, here's some other details, and here's John's contact information, just in case something happens. And yeah, I think it's it's interesting that it it was interesting even to have that thought of like, oh yeah, we should do that. Right. It seems weird to say, but I'm like, I hope they never contact me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, of course. It, I mean, it's a little bit morbid. Uh, oh yeah, but but. Yeah. You got to think about that stuff. But I'm going to die someday. Right. So, <laughs> and I'm, I'm older than you. So statistically, I'll probably die first. So when we're still running our business in our 90s, and I'm like, I turn 99 and I just like choke on a ham sandwich. <laughs> or you just like, you just like turn into dust. Yeah, I just turn into dust. It'll be nice for... For uh, you know, people in my family to be able to contact you and go, well, it finally happened. <laughs> Justin turned to dust. <laughs> he just blew away in the wind. He just blew away in the wind. Um, <laughs> and then you know, uh, I I think there is a question of like, and I'm sure there's some legal folks that can talk about this, but you know, what does happen? I don't I don't exactly know what happens when stuff like that happens. Like if I go into a coma for 30 years, like. What happens? Yeah, I don't know. I need to. I actually need to talk to a lawyer about that too, just in, personally, because there's like power of attorney stuff that can happen. I don't know how it is in Canada. Maybe it's slightly different. Well, but. that's the other weird thing is that how does it work for us? Like, especially me being a Canadian shareholder in this American company. Right. Um. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, this podcast would be pretty boring if it was just you on the microphone and me in a coma. <laughs> That would be pretty bad. <laughs> Although that would be, I, I mean, I would probably listen to at least one episode of, you know, Justin's in a coma. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I thought it was interesting enough that we should mention it. Um, and maybe another thing that we touched on last time, but this this article by one of the founders of Dribble, mm -hmm. uh, I... I'll just read this quote because it's it's something that 
you know, I th- I've thought of quite a bit, especially as I've been recommending to people to get a co-founder. Um, so this fellow, uh, what's his name? I think it's Rich. He says, oh, uh, no, no, this is this is the other, this is the guy that's not Rich, but he this says- This is Dan, right? Yeah, Dan, that's right. Dan Cedarholm, yeah. Yeah, so Dan Cedarholm says, uh, know that a partnership is very much like a marriage. Should you be blessed with any amount of success, you'll be going through some stuff with these people. You'll be spending a lot of time together. You'll be making big life decisions together. You won't always get along. You won't always see eye to eye. Um, <laughs> and he says, co-founding a company requires you to be married. And sometimes that isn't easy, but it's important for you to be close on a level that can test your will. Communication is paramount. And so, um, and I know you got a few other things out of this article that would be good yeah. to talk about too, but I just, obviously, I think... Uh, having a co-founder is not a thing to take lightly. And, you know, so far I think you and I have been lucky and in that I I think we've worked pretty good together. But there's obviously like when someone lays it on the ground like that, like, you know, something's going to happen, right? And... And I think it's just helpful to have these, these, uh, in some ways you can't avoid the discomfort of this, but what it seems like you can do is emphasize the stuff that helps like communication, right? having hard conversations. Uh, and we even touched on this in the past, like we've both struggled in our former lives to sometimes have difficult conversations. Yeah. I mean, I know for me personally, that is something I definitely shy away from. Yeah. <laughs> and then I need to work like really hard on actually either like initiating those conversations or trying to like not avoid them entirely. But yeah. And so, I mean, again, we've said this last time, but one of the things this podcast does allow us to do is vocalize some things in in some ways, in a safe way, because we're we're recording it for the show, but uh, yeah, I just found like his whole description of their partnership really interesting, and clearly, like when a partnership is going well, you have two different people that both have different strengths and weaknesses that hopefully equal each other, equalize each other, and they're able to go in a common direction, and you know make this incredible progress. Yeah. But you're not going to be able to find somebody who's different than you, which is kind of what you need and not, and expect that there's, it's just always going to be, you know, uh, easy or, uh, fun. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, we haven't, we haven't really, I don't think we've had any really terrible like conversations or confrontations or anything yet, but I mean, it'll happen. I don't, I don't think either of us can really predict what that topic's going to be. Yeah. Who knows, but Yeah, exactly. Or or just something stressful, you know. It, yeah, yeah, that's there, true. There'll yeah. be there'll be some things for sure. And I again, I, to me, I think there's a part uh, a power in having somebody else there that is easy to discount. You know, I think you can do a lot of this stuff as a solo founder. But the the more I've worked with you, the more I've realized like sometimes it's just motivating to have someone else kind of in the arena with you, you know? Yeah, I mean it's cert- it's definitely helpful. Like you know, like on days where you're low energy, you know, like for instance, if you're like today, if you're tired and yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, it's probably helpful to have someone there to just talk to and like yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah, it's it's. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I can't, I can't, I don't think I could do this. I don't think, especially a software company, I think is really difficult to do by yourself. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of times, a lot of days where we're going to record and I'm just like, you know, it's, it's a once a week thing, but it, com- it feel like it comes up so quickly. Yeah. But I'm like, oh man. Yeah. Like I'm not ready for this. I'm like, thinking about something else or like not mm-hmm. finished with this other thing. I'm like, oh, geez. 
Yeah. <laughs> but then once you start, it's totally fine. But yeah. Well, and, and again, like it's, you know, the, this kind of root, routinized, routinized, routinized practice. Uh, yeah. Of no, we got it. We got to record the show, which means you and I have to, <laughs> you and I have to talk about stuff. And yeah, I, I think there's something really healthy about that. What were what were some of the other things? I I know you wrote some of these notes a, little, a while ago. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm actually browsing through this article right now, uh, or this post. It's actually a really good post. It's about him. Yeah, just important lessons he learned running a company for I guess ten years. Mm-hmm. Right, ten. Yeah, which seems kind of crazy, but that it's been that long. Um, no, I mean Dan Cedarholm was what, simple simple bits on Twitter. He was like a really early proponent of, you know, standards-based HTML and CSS. Like, he was really pretty influential in my early learning. Yeah. Um, back in, you know, 2003, 2004, when that stuff was really taking off. So it's kind of, it's been interesting to watch his career, I guess. And, uh, yeah, there was a lot of little things I think you can take out of this, like, there's some funny stuff like he says start start with a t-shirt yeah. which is you know it, which i guess we did we did that too sort of we had a, we had a couple t-shirts yeah yeah i've got a few shirts yeah his was in context of like make a bunch of t-shirts send them out to to people you know or customers that will like talk about it and send them like a care package and be like hey here's this thing with a cool t-shirt mm-hmm. i i'd like to do that actually soon again is is uh probably do some print on demand just to start because it's easy but um yeah make a bunch more shirts i've sent i sent chris ends a shirt and it's just fun having people you know receive something and wear it and you know feel like they're so much of our our thing is people feeling like they're part of the journey right so yeah i i totally resonate with that yeah the other i think the other couple of things that really stood out was um he talks about persistent iteration over flashy launches. Yes. It's really, I think, you know, I, I see these companies like working for months and months and months to launch this thing that they're working on and they launch it and it's like it just lands with like a dud or something. It's like, here's this new thing and then nobody really cares. So like, mm-hmm. you know, if you can, I think just like slowly fix and work on things. Like there's obviously going to be features that need, you know, weeks at a time to really focus on, but, I don't think you need to really make every feature, every launch this big like announcement. Yeah. It's just like, you know, I I, I think we could probably do a better job of sending out notices to our customers of like, here's what's new in the last month and here's how to use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Maybe now that we, you know, both are working on this more, uh, we can maybe make that happen. But I don't think we need to be like, we just launched a new thing and like announced it to the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, like think, ladies you know, and gentlemen, you know, get, yeah. hold on to your hats because you have not seen this before. And then we have ch- just changed the world of yeah. <laughs> X and Y changing the world of audio forever. Yeah. <laughs> Make, you know, pay someone to like $50,000 to make some weird video or like promotional <laughs> video. And then where's that money going? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's good advice for sure. There's a couple points about, well, this was about him designing a website and app for designers. He said, which is difficult, but mm-hmm. you know, we're sort of making a podcasting site for podcasters. So yeah. A couple of things he says is like learn who to ignore. Okay. Which I think we've done a pretty good job of maybe. Like, you know, you have some people who are maybe persistently asking or like asking in a way that's a little bit negative, like demanding something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're like, okay, well, here's some, here's some other recommendations of maybe who you can work with. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really like that actually of not like there's – the there's this idea of like, you should just take any customer you can get and then just work as hard as you can to please them. Right. But there's some really hard to please people and they're, they're really not worth it. Like it, 
if they're if they were hard to convince to sign up and then they get in and then they're like still unhappy mm-hmm. it just sucks so much of your energy and there is kind of a tipping point i think where you have to go okay well cuz sometimes you you're able to help those folks and you know they're great they you know there's just a a little bit of a a bigger on ramp but then they're really they're really wonderful customers but uh many times people that are like okay so uh yeah convince me why should i sign up what what makes you better than x y and z huh prove it to me oh well but they have this over here and what you know why why don't you have that you're not going to be able to please those people so your inclination is to be like is to kind of fight for your your product and you know tell people all the ways it's better but really you know it shouldn't take too much convincing right i guess if it does you know i guess maybe the takeaway from that type of example is like maybe our marketing site doesn't do a good enough job of explaining some some aspect of what we do yeah there's 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 the truth there's always going to be folks that you just cannot please or are difficult to please and so uh you definitely want to ignore those folks and i think also there's always going to be people on the sidelines who have no vested interest in what you're doing except that they're on the sidelines and they have an opinion (laughs) Right. <laughs> and yeah. so with those folks, I'm always a little bit like, okay, well, I see you, you're on the sidelines, but you like, there's, you have no investment other than the fact that you can uh, write a comment about what we're doing. That's, that's not as interesting to me as somebody who, you know, is a, a customer from day one or, a long-time customer or somebody who has, you know, some, some skin in the game. Um, yeah, the last, the last one I think, uh, and I think you do an especially good job of this is uh, celebrate the positive. Okay, what do you mean by so, that? Well, he says, um, focus on praise and positivity, positivity and make sure your team reads it all. Mm. So they had a Slack channel where they actually like, they would just post like really positive mentions of, of dribble, mm-hmm. which, you know, you do, you do a lot of, you're like, Hey, this, this person's saying this about us and, mm-hmm. uh, which is really great to hear. Um, especially like if you're, if you're kind of like in a spot where you're stuck on something or you're grumpy or you're like, mm-hmm. um, it's really, it's nice to hear that from customers. Cause you know, a lot of times you'll hear from customers who are complaining about a bug or something going wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, if that's all you hear, it's just like, Oh my God, everyone thinks this thing is terrible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or, or you could just be stuck in the weeds and like stuck with a really mucky bit of tech, you know, or, or something that's just boring. And, uh, I still get really excited when I hear from people that have experienced the kind of what makes podcasting special. Mm-hmm. And there, there's just getting excited about the medium um, really inspires me. And so when folks are like making connections with their audience or even better, when the audience is responding and saying, oh my God, like you, you totally, it felt like you were speaking directly to me during that part. Right. And there's something about, you know, sometimes being raw and sometimes sharing something that was, you know, previously maybe not talked about or just being able to articulate the the human experience and having someone on the other end of the line go, "Oh, oh, me too." I've never heard anyone you know, this is the first time I felt a connection with someone else that ex- had experienced that. I find those things very encouraging, and uh, yeah, just the something deep about that that I, I I feel like, yeah, I and I do try to post those to Slack because it, it's it's inspiring for us because we know we're not just we're not just like writing code or 
just, you know, another, we're not just two other white guys on the internet. Like what we're trying to empower people to connect with an audience and then even better, we're, we're hopefully positively affecting listeners who are, you know, getting to hear these things and maybe having their own revelations or not feeling so alone or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Well, let's button this up. Yeah, we'll uh yeah, we'll probably give an update on the whole independent working thing at some point in the future. Yeah, <laughs> I think we should touch back on it. I'd love to hear from listeners actually how they manage their work day when they're working alone or on a remote team. You can just reach out to us on Twitter at transistor FM or uh at John Buddha B U D A. I'm at M I Justin, the letter M, the letter I Justin. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. But uh, yeah, let's give a shout out to the Patreon folks. Yeah, cool. Yeah, as always, thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon for making this show possible. Uh, we have Colin Gray uh, from Alitu.com, uh, Josh Smith, Ivan Kirkovic, Brian Ray, Miguel Pedrafita, Shane Smith, Austin Loveless, Simon Bennett, Corey Haynes, Michael Sitver, Paul Jarvis and Jack Ellis, uh, Dan Buddha, my brother. Yeah, is he? You're going to see him soon. Soon, yeah. It's yeah. a hol- it's a holiday over there soon. Yeah, it's Fourth of July, Independence Day. Independence Day. You just had what Canada Day? Yeah, we just had Canada Day. I suppose that's the s- similar. It yeah, it's su- it's similar, but we, celebration. We're just celebrating. Like, hey, we never we never like k- kicked the monarchy out. We're still cool with them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So not so much independence as like, yeah, something we're just else. like, yeah, we're just like, well, things worked out for us too, I guess. Yeah. Darby Frey. Darby Frey. Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Kevin Markham, Sammy Schuchert, Dan Erickson, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. Junta. I love. I, I can't wait. To, have you noticed that Junta uh, numbers his Instagram posts? Uh, I he yeah. I haven't I haven't been on there in a while, but he used to do that. Uh, he does like the one a day type of deal. Okay, sixty five thing. Okay, so I, I, yeah, yeah, I've been trying to figure that out. All right, so it's like the day of the year. I think he does. Okay, I can't wait to see what what's going to be on July fourth. Oh I, yeah. I, I mean, know. he's pretty artsy with his photos, and so yeah. I mean, I, I would, I'm expecting like my over under is for fireworks, but I'm thinking, ah, oh, Junta's pretty artsy. So maybe he's going to do something else. It'd be something else. You never know. Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Fox uh, get, at getrewardful.com and our sponsors this week, ProfitWell and Redash. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening and we will see you next week.